You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to that Chelsea podcast, episode 67, Vanquishing the Villains. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas. Chelsea certainly made it a good one. And I'm joined by Jack. He has recovered from COVID. He is back from Villa Park. Jack, how are we doing? Yeah, I'm good. Back to full fitness and uh, <laughs> enjoyed a lovely away day yesterday. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. And Chelsea starting to uh, pick up a bit of form, which is always nice going into January where we've got some uh, grueling fixtures ahead so it's a huge month for us uh, which will basically determine where we are at the end of the season yeah no exactly exactly but it was a good week for Chelsea you know in recent weeks on podcasts it's basically been pretty pretty mixed bag you know like I said there's been a lot going on a lot of really mixed performances a lot of just like off-field stuff as well just been a bit crazy and this week was a week of relative calm uh, so that was nice. Uh, and we'll start with the win against Brentford in the Carabao Cup that happened just before Christmas. Uh, Jack, you know, Carabao Cup, we're through to the semi-finals, but also I think just a word, like I think it feels like fitting to start with, I guess, with Thomas Tuchel. He played a blinder with that lineup, didn't he? You know, yeah. Rick gave a lot of players rest, you know, rotated the side, had three youngsters, gave them their, you know, opportunity of first-team football. And obviously we know like the connotations that can have for them, like, you know, if they're, you know, wanting to commit their futures to Chelsea, etc. You know, stayed in the game, then bought the big guns on and just finished the job off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was good. Um, especially with the youngsters, I think great to give a few of them a day, their debuts and give them that fire in their belly to to want it even more and to succeed, succeed and try and break into this first team like like Mason, like Reese, etc. So. I think that's that's only good for those boys' confidence as well as their as well as their hunger, and they all they all played a big part. Especially, I thought Harvey Vale was quality. 
Uh, well, both all the three of the boys were good, and then uh, Simon's more more of a central player, I think. So putting him out right wing back didn't really look out out of um, too out of his comfort zone at all. So yeah, re- really happy for those boys. And then, like you said, it's all right, isn't it, when you can bring on <laughs> bring on Jorginho, Reese, and uh, Mason, and just change the game. So um, those boys were brilliant. Uh, l- lucky goal for the first one, I say. But you, when you put in, when you got the delivery of Reese and put in a ball like that across the six-yard box, it's like your striker should either be getting a tap in or a potential own goal because the defender's got to deal with it. Uh, otherwise, it's a goal either way. So, yeah, brilliant, brilliant that. And then George Gino, the cool, the coolest man with the uh, penalties at the moment. Uh, all of them just just seem to be uh, hitting the back of the net. So, yeah, into a semi-final and set, sets up a very tasty tie with Spurs. So I'm looking forward to trying to get tickets to both those games. Yeah, no, exactly. Hopefully the COVID situation doesn't worsen in the UK and they don't decide to reduce mm-hmm. the Carabao Cup semi-final to two to one leg because I do not want to be missing out on Spurs away in the Carabao Cup two years running. Obviously, last year we were denied a 6K away end at Spurs for the Carabao Cup as well. But yeah, no, it was really good. Um, you know, Jack, Kepper, our cup keeper, yeah. you know, again, made some big saves. You know, Brentford, I didn't think, like, obviously I actually thought Brentford were quite disappointing considering they had a pretty strong side out, considering Chelsea were, like, there for the taking, I felt. Uh, and they did create some good chances in the first half, but Kepper made some big, big saves, didn't he? Yeah, can we just say how uh, they got their game postponed at the weekend and then uh, a few days later, suddenly they've pretty much got a, a full-strength team, which is a bit of an odd one, but we won't go into the uh, politics of it all. Uh, but yeah, especially when the game was like finally, uh, finally poisoned in the balance, um, Kep came up with the goods every single time and... Um, just seems to keep building on his confidence. I know one of the games he played previously made a mistake, but then he really redeemed himself towards the end of it. I can't remember what it was, but it shows that he his confidence is building and we need that going into January because as we all know, Mr. Mendy's gonna be off to off to Africa Cup of Nations with Senegal. So giving him that game to to get the just keep his match fitness and um there's nothing like match fitness. You can train as much as you want, but match fitness is completely different. So to be given Kepa that, where going into a month where he's going to be playing a lot of games was 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 uh, does the world of good for him. So just hope hopefully he can continue to pull saves out 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 of uh, the bag against teams like Liverpool and Spurs, etc. Yeah, no, Zaddy, it was a really nice show from Kepa, and he did what was asked of him. Uh, Sal got a start, and again, I thought he's pretty sure that was too, you know encouraging performances in our OPM. And I guess another player who really stood out to me, and I guess it perhaps stood out to me, considering the back three, we were playing obviously Malang Sar on the left side as well, was Trevor Chalabar was playing in that central role. And he was he, he was a real leader back there, Jack. And, you know, his reading of the game was good, some big, you know, important clearances, interceptions, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That was, that again, you know, in a, that was a really mature performance from Trevor in a, you know, he's, I guess, he is, you know, only made his debut this year, but he now feels like sort of one of the experienced heads back there. And he was, you know, in a, a crucial part of, of, I guess, keeping, you know, relative control on the back three. Obviously, a young back three, you know, included, you know, uh, Javier Simmons on the uh, on the right, right-hand right side as well. So, yeah, really encouraging from him, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't say like a coming-of-age performance, but 
because he's he's done it in so many other games. But yeah, it just feels like Tuchel's given him that confidence this season and played him consistently. He's, he must have racked up a decent amount of appearance this year for Chelsea, and he's now got got the ability and the 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 mindset of, of being able to play first team football at, at the at the highest level. So. Um, yeah, he's just. I think he's. I think he's brilliant. So solid, does his job well. Knows when to just stick it out. Not nothing too uh, over ambitious. And again, I know we'll we'll get onto the Villa game. I know he came off at half time, but I thought he was really good yesterday and made some important challenges, etc. As well. So yeah, he's 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 been a great asset to the team this year and saved the club a lot of money basically and not having to go out and, and buy someone for 40, 50 million. Yeah, no, exactly. It was a really strong performance from him. Right, obviously, you know, said the first goal comes in, you know, there's a bit of luck involved, but you do, I guess, sometimes have to make your own luck. Uh, you know, it's all the subs, I guess, really combining for that. Uh, and, you know, Reese whips in a good ball and Pontus Janssen just fires it, you know, past his own keeper. And we're winding up and you're thinking, right, okay, now we're, now we're good. You know, we're looking, we look comfortable and, you know, we were in relative control of that uh, there's not really much more to add Reese had a solid cameo off the bench Kante in about 15 minutes just showed how good yeah. he was probably you know 15 minutes almost did enough a man of a match um, yeah. he's that good uh, the second goal uh, you know credit to Pulisic you know he's playing I guess in about false nine or I guess type role not really you know just doesn't suit him really well but you know that was he he made a ball you know it got a bit deflected but he never gave up on it got there before the keeper won the penalty and Jorginho calmly slots home and it's 2-0. And yeah, it was just it was just nice. It was it was routine, to be fair, up to obviously, I guess, for Villa second half more, which probably that was probably the most enjoyable game I've watched of Chelsea in December, <laughs> considering all that's gone on, you know. Yeah. First off, there are obviously some some shaky-ish moments as you'd expect. But you know, seeing all the Academy boys out there and seeing us in relative control against a decent Brentford side was was nice seeing. Yeah. So, you know, the debutants we've not touched too much on. Harvey Vale, you know, some good moments, good link up play, had a really good chance with that head of the heat. But straight a straight at the keeper, but you know, that was that was an encouraging showing from him. I thought, you know, since that Bell wasn't really involved in the game much, he didn't get many touches. It's quite hard for him to be involved, a couple of neat touches, but it's, it's kind of hard to really judge him on on that display. And Simmons, I think, after maybe being, you know, caught out maybe once with a ball over the top, but uh Kevin made a good save from I think Rico Henry. Other than that, I thought he was really solid, and I think all three, you know, did well. You know, it's not easy, you know, coming up against Premier League opposition like that. And I think they all handled themselves fairly well. So that was that was nice to see. I guess the only disappointment was how Ross Barkley maybe lasted as long as he did on the pitch. He's probably the one player out there whose stock just uh, lowered from that performance, unfortunately. But it is what it is. And uh, the job was done. And obviously the Carabao Cup draw happened and we got Spurs. So we're very much looking forward to what January has in store. We faced Antonio Conte three times in the month of January. And obviously it's Liverpool Arsenal in the semi-final. And look, Chelsea now got a really realistic chance of, of getting to Wembley and lifting a trophy, and obviously my prediction of us winning the Carabao Cup is this season, at the start, which I mean, the start of the season gets that bit closer, so fingers crossed they can do that. But we move on to Aston Villa on Boxing Day, and, well, it was all right, first off. It was okay, it was a bit frustrating. Yeah. Um, it just felt a bit same old, same old, really, you know, playing with an attack without a focal point. Uh, Villa seemed to deal with it. Fairly comfortably. Obviously, Jack, we go 1-0 down because uh, Reese James uh, heads it past his own keeper. It's a good cross. You know, does he need to head it? I don't know. Does Mendy, should Mendy save it? That was or heard? Probably not. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. hard. It was just one of those goals. It was just really frustrating because 
you just thought at that point, one nil down, ooh, we've seen Chelsea go one nil down, we don't look that creative. Were you a bit worried when we went one nil down yesterday? Yeah, definitely. I think there was, I can't remember, but when I watched Match of the Day this morning, I saw it on the replay and there was one point, I think, just a wayward shot from us or a cross where no one was there, something like that. I thought this is, and I remember seeing it in the game live and I thought, this is going to be a long day. Um, and yeah, going one nil down, especially in recent weeks, um, you wouldn't really, yeah, especially against a good Villa team as well. It, it was always going to be difficult to come back. But I said to my mate Matt that I went with and just said it was it was pivotal that we came back and got a goal before half time. I think that that really put us, put us in a good position going into the second half. We went one went in one nil down. I think it would have, could have been a different story, but hit back instantly. Great, great, uh, great from Callum winning the pen. Bit of a reckless challenge from uh, Matty Cash, but um, then Jorginho, same again. Cooley slots at home, and yeah, yeah, we went we went into half time one one. Probably fair fair result at half time. There wasn't too much to shout about in that first half, as you said. Pulisic playing up front, it just doesn't work, does it? So <laughs> good to see Ron being brought on at half time and and put in a huge performance, which he he really needed. Yeah, obviously half time sub was Trevor Chalabar off for Romelu Lukaku and that meant Christian Pulisic went to wing back, where he was certainly more effective. But yeah, say that Villa first half was strange. Neither side really created a huge amount, but it just felt like there were quite a lot of times Villa seemed to get us in transition. It did feel like a lot of balls in behind. Having Trevor having to make blocks, Silva having to make blocks. I mean, and again, Silva's just just a word on Silva. I know he went off injured, and hopefully it's not too serious. But again, his distribution yesterday is just something else. The amount of like balls yeah. he ping in diagonals, etc. Really nice to see. But say we go in at half time one all, uh, and the sub we make half time I said is Lukaku one for Chalabar, Pusic right wing back, and Jack we get that goal relatively early in the second half. Again, it's a brilliant ball in from Callum Hudson Doyle. There's Romelu Lukaku to head home, passes Mark, and that's what you know. That's what we were missing. You know, we were whipping crosses in for fun in the first half. We were overheading some, but we were never going to really do anything with with the attack we had out there in that first half. But there is Romelu Lukaku to head home. And basically, you can argue, you know, what we've been missing in December, really. Yeah. And he he gave Mings and Konza a torrid time. They they weren't up for it at all, especially Mingzi. Uh definitely wasn't up for it for the uh for the beast, the strength, the pace, power. Everything Rom's got, all the attributes. I just don't think they're up for it. You see from from the goal, it's a great run from Rom coming across coming across Mings, but he barely even makes a uh, challenge to head it as the defender. So yeah, but that's just that's just the the brilliance of Rom. To be fair, and shout out to Callum, uh, another assist, and I think I saw it's the youngest Chelsea player to hit hit. Um, Double figures of assists in the Premier League, um, overtaking Iron Robin or something like that. I saw that earlier. Um, so, nice little milestone there. Seems like Callum should have got a lot more than 10 assists for us since since uh, start, starting uh, making his debut four years ago or whatever. Um, but, yeah, brilliant header and, and, yeah, sent that away and everyone was buzzing from that and... Then I don't think we really looked looked back. I think we were pretty comfortable, had a lot of possession and dictated the play, really. Yeah, we were in pretty much relative 
control there. Obviously, I think, you know, something did help. Obviously, I know Kante, again, is someone we're sort of managing. Kovacic came on, and again, I think Kovacic actually looked really yeah. good from injury since he's come back. His driving runs, you know, again, maybe just the old time, his final ball just sometimes gets cut out. But aside from that, you know, not really much that you can complain mm-hmm. about. And he was really sort of, and it's really encouraging now. I think we've got Jorginho, Kante, and Kovacic back, and we just yeah. do look a lot better. Obviously, uh, Mason Mount missed a really bad opportunity for <laughs> to kill that game off. Like, we can't ignore it. We are Mason, some of Mason's biggest fans, but that was uh, a very bad miss. Should we say, you know, look, he, he was right to go for goal. He obviously shouldn't have squared it. Uh, I've seen some people on you know, Twitter saying that, no, he obviously shouldn't have gone for to square. He obviously should have gone for goal. The execution was just poor. And unfortunately, you know, that happened. And unfortunately, at that point, we couldn't kill the game off. Uh, you know, there's another glorious chance where Callum made a shit yeah. shot. Good, decent shot. But, you know, Martinez makes a good save. You can argue Callum probably should score. Callum needs to, I think, one for error. You can critique she Callum on is his finishing. You know, I think he has only got four Premier League goals for us. So that is definitely an area to improve, but you don't want to really be too critical of Callum hudson Doyle's game, especially when he's, you know, won the penalty for the first goal, got the assist for the second, and plays a crucial part in the third goal, which is again, Jack, where we see the best of Romelu Lukaku. Callum heads the ball on, and there's Rom. Yeah. And I think the Villa defender has a head starting in, but Rom's like, nope, I'm making this ball my own. I'm bullying him out the yeah. way, gets past target. <laughs> and then is it Konza, I think, at the end, has no choice but to bring him down. And, you know, that, that from Rom, that driving run, that's what wins us a penalty. I guess in a way it's quite fitting in, you know, the same weekend we saw Armando Brozier have a long, you know, a big driving run to help his Southampton side win a penalty, you know, and he's been someone who's impressive on loan. And Rom comes back and there he is, driving into the box, winning a penalty, uh, which Jorginho calmly slots home and it's 3-1. And in the end, that turned out to be a relatively comfortable victory against a pretty good side, uh, a side that had only lost by one goal away at uh, Liverpool and I think only one goal at home to City, you know, they're a decent side, Jack. And in the end, that was that was a big win as well because, you know, that moved us level and points with Liverpool. But also going into that game, and I know it's, you know, we don't want to, you know, look look down, but Arsenal, before that game, had gone three points behind us. And all of, you know, in December, due to, you know, games perhaps not being called off and they should have, um, you know, Wolves, I'm thinking primarily of. But Chelsea, you know, were in danger slightly and maybe still are, to be fair, but were in danger, you know, slipping into... A top four battle, especially you know when we went one 0 down, you think, oh god, you know Arsenal only three points behind us. So that felt like a really big win, and you know as Lukaku said in his interview afterwards, we're the hunters now. You know, it kind yeah. of felt like that that win could almost be you know a springboard victory for us. And as again, a come from behind victory under Tuchel, we haven't had too many of them that I can recall from under Tom Tuchel, under Thomas Tuchel. Obviously, I don't think we've probably gone behind that many times under Tuchel. To be fair, but that again just felt big coming from behind against a, a good side and then being able to win comfortably. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot, a lot of the fans afterwards, when we were all leaving the stadium, a lot of people felt that that was a victory that's put us, you wouldn't say, like right back in the title race, but it's kept us there. With as as Rom alluded to, we're, we're the hunters, and again, it's football. It's such fine margins. You could speak to us in three weeks, and we could have lost to Liverpool at home, lost to City away, and we're completely away from the pack but if we can get some good results out of those games we're well and truly back back in it then um, so we just got to keep doing our thing players coming back Callum Rom coming back from Covid illness um, and yeah from the injuries and stuff is only good for the team and hopefully we can uh, keep the uh, spread of this virus down throughout the squad and 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 have a full strength team to go into these games because 
if we're thin on thin on the squad like we were in the past couple of weeks, um, I think we're toast. But um, we'll just have to see what if we can if we can do that. Yeah, well, other teams have had a winter break. Uh, we have not. Uh, so yeah, we hopefully you know hopefully we can get it under control and hopefully you know the situation you know doesn't get severely worse and obviously hopefully the Premier League games can still go on. But as we said, you know there's no new restrictions in place. You know till New Year's Eve or whatever, till after New Year's Eve, or whatever. So you know we will be back at the bridge. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, on Wednesday against Brighton, which obviously now is just a huge game. It was a huge game anyway, but it's one of those like we've got back that Villa game up. We've got, you know, if we beat Brighton, then I think actually we're in we're in a decent place going into Liverpool because we'll be on level, you know, level and points mm-hmm. more ahead of them, you know, going into that game. You know, obviously they'll have a game in hand, but then we'll just feel, you know, that bit better and we'll know that yeah, okay, beat Liverpool and we really, really are in business. So it is very much one to look forward to. And yeah, it's you know. All of a sudden, you know, it's just crazy what a week does. You know, before that, we we're probably thinking like the season's a bit near. Is it the same old story happening again? But now we're through to the semi-finals of Carabao Cup and we've got a good win away. The Aston Villa to go level on points with Liverpool. And yeah, all of a sudden, you know, just crazy what a week does in football makes life seem that little bit better. Right. We're going to go on to listener questions now. The first question comes in from a good friend of ours, JR. Uh, who asks, what is our best midfield and should Callum start up top if we have a fully fit squad? Jack, best midfield. Firstly, best midfield. That is very tough to answer. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking back to the Spurs game early on in the season when second half he managed to get Jorginho, Kante and Kovacic all on the pitch and we just ran right in that second half. I think it's difficult, isn't it? Very. Um, Opponent defender, uh, yeah, uh, opponent dependent. There we go, <laughs> opponent dependent. But um, I think just the three qualities that those three three players can bring is is something we need. But it's just so difficult to get all three of them in. Um, I think if we're gonna pick two, then uh, Jorginho will be there and. And I think if he's fit, it's got to be Kante. You just see the difference that bloke makes to the team even yesterday. No, he's come off injured, but he's still put in a massive shift. Brentford came on for 15 minutes, changed the game. There's just no one liking Golo Kante and, and he's got to start if he's fit. But we know we know what his injury injury problems are like. So, Cover and Jorginho is a, is a class uh, option too. Um, regarding Callum, uh, if we have a fully fit squad, that's a difficult one, isn't it? I think that run of games around Leicester, etc. He really, he really did really well. Um, and I know yesterday again was involved in all three goals, and that is very commendable after him having tested positive for COVID and and being in isolation and coming back and putting in a performance like that. Um, but I think you think you've, I think we just got the quality of people like Mount and Havertz that they would probably edge it and starting in one of those front three roles, either side of Rom for me personally, but, but I still think Callum's a quality player and if he puts in performances like he did yesterday, then he will certainly be starting in that team. 
Yeah, no, I think it, it, it's quite a tough one. I feel like really brutal on Mateo Kovacic, who has arguably been one of Chelsea's best performers this season, but I don't think he starts in our best midfield. Um, I think Jorginho is pivotal and Golo Kante is pivotal. I guess the issue with Kante is he isn't fit. We are having to manage him very well. You know, worries that he might have gotten a niggle yesterday and gone off injured. You know, you're just hoping it's not too serious. Uh, yeah, best midfield, I do think is opponent dependent. I think it definitely depends on who we're playing. You know, Jack alluded to that three we saw against Spurs and I thought, yeah, that worked really well. But then also I look back to the City game at home where I think we've had a free midfield that day uh, and we looked awful. Jorginho, Kante and Kovacic that yeah. it didn't work that day. So it is really tough. I do think we look best in the two. Uh, so yeah, best midfield is probably on form when everyone's thought, I'd say Jorginho and Kante. But there's, I think there's argument, obviously, it's opponent dependent. Also, there's an argument that Kovacic and Jorginho might even have a shout this year because Kante when he's been on it, has been utterly brilliant. But the issue is he's been injured a lot and hasn't actually been as available as we might have liked. And as for Callum, there's an argument he's got. That left, left-hand left side berth, he's got to make that. That's his own now. There's definitely mm. an argument for that. Timo, you know, maybe. But I think Callum, we played some of our best football when Callum was on that left-hand side when we beat Norwich 7-0. I know it's only Norwich, but when we beat teams and scoring some goals for fun in sort of October, November time, you know, Callum was on that left-hand side and he was looking really good. Um, so I think he's got a shout now. He's played himself into contention. I guess you know Rom's, you know, potentially could make that strike above his own. And then we've got a question on who plays on the right hand side. You know, Mount you'd feel is is the obvious candidate, but we know he's not quite been at the levels he was last season, despite you know the goal output, you know his goal contribution output actually being really impressive this year. So it's a tough one, but yeah, I'd say Callum definitely can can make that spot his own. Uh, next question comes in from Luke. What would be your front three for the Brighton match? Obviously, Brighton, big game. Uh, Jack, for me, it's probably the same as what we saw against Villa, Callum, Rom and Mason. That's obviously depending on if Rom is fit for 90 minutes. You know, two kind of said that he didn't really want to play Rom for 45 against Villa, but he kind of had to. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, Rom looked pretty good in that 45. Didn't really look rusty. He looked on it. He was bullying defenders. He was pinning them back. I was kind of wrong with Bobby Son, so I'd start him and say Callum on the left-hand side deserves another start. And I think Mason, as frustrating as he was against Villa, I would probably start him just because I think he'll be an important player for us in that game. Yeah, I agree. I think after a performance like that from from Rom, he's he's got to start and just carry on where he left off in the Villa game and hopefully hopefully score a few more goals and start building, start building. A bit of form, so yeah, I'd I'd go the same front three. I'd go Rom, Callum, and Mason. Um, arguably, I mean, if Tuchel's not happy with that performance from Mason yesterday, he could potentially give Pulisic a go in one of those front front three roles and in his preferred position and see what he can do there. Because obviously, he's been playing false nine and then playing wing back yesterday, so could potentially do that if he if he wanted to have a bit of rotation. Yeah, no, exactly. I wouldn't have any issue with that move at all. Next question, Daniel, if there was ever a game that provided the evidence that we needed, Romelu Lukaku was the solution to our attacking conversion was that was it. Surely Tuchel and his team now have to build our attack around him. I mean, yes. <laughs> there you go. Jack has answered that. <laughs> it does feel like, and I know some of before as well, like we are champions of Europe. Rom decides to adapt to us but also I think Jack we just saw yesterday you know that was you know that 45 minutes was a pretty good example of how you can utilise Rom you know balls in behind getting running in behind defenders 
you know, obviously pinging some balls into his feet, but he can hold up. It did obviously help. He was more match fit, but we just saw, you know, and whipping balls, but he can just get his head on. Because as I said, for that, for that Villa goal, for the second goal, he just, you know, Mings, I mean, the defending's poor from Mings, but he just easily just goes past him to head home. That, as I say, that kind of felt like that was a decent indicator of how to use Rom yesterday. Yeah, completely agree with that. We know, everyone knows the attributes that Lukaku has, and I just don't think we've necessarily played to those strengths this year. The goal... I know he's been injured, et cetera, and then had COVID. Uh, but the amount of goals he scored is not really representative of of the player he is. He, he's Wherever he's gone, he's, he's banged goals in for fun. And you've seen when he's been at Chelsea and not necessarily getting involved with, with the goals. He's gone on, on a national duty with Belgium and gone and hammered in a few goals. So... I think yeah, we just we just need to work out how we can uh, use him and get the best out of him, and which players which players get that out of him. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, next question from Sham: Do you think anyone actually knows what our best front three is going below sample size? We in terms of judging our attacking combos, and do you think we'll have to get used to the constant rotation of our front three? I feel like we've basically answered this question quite a lot on the pod this year. Uh, yeah. It's going to be flexible front three. It's going to be opponent dependent. I don't really think it's going to change hugely. You know, when Ron was in form the start of the season, we said Ron was one of those people who will be a lock-in, you know, and we thought Mason might be on the other side. Now Callum hudson almost feels a lock on that left-hand side. Ron, based on that performance, you want to be seen starting in a few foreseeable games. And then it's a question of maybe someone else on the right-hand side. So, yeah, I think there's always going to be rotation. Tuchel's going to have to manage his squad carefully. So I don't think we know what our best front three is because, as I said, we've not seen the same front three for a consistent period of games. We know some players can be key performers in our front three, but we don't actually necessarily know if they all will work together. For example, we've seen Callum Hudson-Doy perhaps work, you know, we've seen Callum work really well on the left of the front three. We've seen Kai Havertz work quite well in the centre of the front three at times. We've seen Mason work on the right-hand side of the front three at times, but it doesn't mean that they will all, they all link up really well all at the same time. So it, it's a tough one, but yeah, I think that's uh, how we kind of judge it. Jack, anything to add? I agree with you there. Fair enough. Next question, good friend Dean Mears. Is keeping Rom in that mood a fitness thing or a tactical tweak? Because Jack, I think one thing Thomas Tuchel has done fairly well, Rom, obviously I know COVID has disrupted the latest bit, but he has tried to really ease him in slowly. Unlike N'Golo Kanto, it feels like he has almost been forced to to rush back at times, albeit even then I think at that point he has been, you know, fairly, fairly cautious with him only giving him like 60 minutes and little 15 minute cameos here and there. But it does feel like with Rom, he has sort of eased him back in and is keeping Rom sort of in that move that he wasn't yesterday. Is that fitness, tactical, or is that actually probably just a bit of both? Um, a bit of both. I think we alluded to the tactical element just a few minutes ago, how we need to play to his strengths, etc. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, fitness plays a part into anything, doesn't it? So um, I still don't think he's quite there. But if he if he's whatever percent he's at, at the moment, 70% playing like that, then we can't really complain, can we? And he's he's got to keep playing, I think. So just yeah, like we said, we just he just needs to get in that rhythm, get in a few games under his belt and and start firing them in because he has he has been eased in very, very, very easily, I think, like from Tuchel was on the bench for a few games. He said he was 
he was pretty much fit to be back playing and he didn't didn't even use him and then he came on for 20 minutes against Watford played a half against West Ham etc so and I know he said personally he said he was all right with covid it didn't really affect him too badly so hopefully he's nearly there yeah, nah, exactly, exactly. I think, yeah, with Ron, what you say, we have just got managing well. But look, hopefully, you know, Brighton, you know, on Wednesday, hopefully that's a chance for him to get some more confidence up, maybe banging a goal or two and just, you know, get his confidence up for, for Liverpool, you know, at the weekend, which is, you know, going to be a huge game now for us this season. Next question comes in from Davey. He goes, can Rom kick on now? And how do we get the best out of him in regards to a partner on top? All the formations needed. Uh, firstly, can Rom kick on now, yes. But again, we've kind of said that he could kick on, you know, multiple points per season and it's not quite happened before. So hopefully this time he does kick on. But Jack, how, you know, how do we get best out of him? Kind of feels like sort of answered, I guess, part of that question earlier. Kind of just play like we did against Villa, really, you know, just try and, you know, that felt like the most we've got Romelu Lukaku involved in the game in a long time. You know, just mm. pulls him behind. He was winning free kicks, you know. He just was like a smart centre forwards player, just dominating display for him. So I guess that's kind of what we've got to do, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I, I, I said it from the start of the season. I thought someone like a, someone like a Pulisic would, would really like playing with Rom, being able to fire the ball into him and him hold it up, and then him knock it back to him and play that quick one too like kind of Hazard used to do with Giroud, that kind of that kind of play. So that's potentially why maybe we could start Pulisic on on Wednesday against Brighton and see see if he can get some joy out of that. But yeah, putting good balls in in, in dangerous areas in the box, Romelu Lukaku's gonna have the edge against pretty much every defender in the league, barring maybe a Van Dyke, Diaz, etc. So just gotta put them in on the money. Yeah, no, exactly. And so I think actually Ron was linking up quite well with Callum yesterday. You know, they also, you know, seemed quite chatty sort of after like the goals, you know, just chatting. Yeah. And obviously, you know, yeah, we saw beforehand, you know, Ron was like, you know, we back, etc. Callum again, they proceeded to like link up like, oh yeah. No, I think Ron, Ron's link up with Callum was good. You know, as I said, Ron was the one who, put, you know, played the ball onto to him for, for that chance, which Martinez saved. And yeah, I think it's just, you know, with, with Ron, he kind of just, you know, Players, quick players around him, I think will help as well. Just, you know, cause issues for defenders. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those. We've just got to, yeah, we've just got to just, I guess, sometimes be a bit more just quick with releasing the ball, getting involved more. And as I said yesterday, as I said, it was kind of just a perfect example, just to see that, that goal winning a penalty. That's what we want to see Rom doing. We want to see him getting in behind defenders, which is what he's capable of doing. The final question comes in from RJ. Which of our returning stars has impressed you the most in recent times and who is someone that you're hoping to see more from? So of the returning stars, who has impressed you most, Jack? Um, I think Rom's the obvious one, but I think after yesterday, I'd probably say Callum being involved in all three goals, winning a penalty, putting in a great cross for an assist and playing a pivotal role in playing that ball over the top and behind for for Rom to win the penalty for the third goal. So I'd probably go for Callum and just hope that he can he can continue it. Yeah, no, exactly. Fair enough. I think Callum is a good shout. Uh, as I said, Rom yesterday was good, but it is just one game, so I'll wait and see. And as I said before, Kovacic has just really impressed me, just how seamlessly he slowed back in. Obviously, I know last year he had that injury, 
And actually the back end of that last season, he looked really sloppy. He looked slow. He was making errors. You know, when he on his return to the team, I remember said, I always hop back to it. That um, Leicester game of the bridge, you know, we were in control. And then we could see that goal, which he gets caught in possession, giving the ball away. And then there's that moment he didn't track his runner and Perez could easily fight home in that game to make it two all. So, um, but yeah, it was one of those where, you know, he looks, you know, really good this year. I don't know what's changed for Cover if he just got more confidence from Tuchel, but he just looked a really good player for us this year. And I said, he is certainly one who's impressed me since his return. And I realised, you know, return could be interpreted quite loosely. I know Trevor's had a couple of injuries recently, but every time he's come back, he's looked pretty good. I think the fact that he's almost, you know, he's almost feels like he's got that sort of right-sided centre-back berth ahead of even someone like Christensen right now. Kind of just shows how impressive he's been, you know, I guess, on his, you know, return, however you want to double, I guess, return since, you know, coming back from, from the Watford game. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, it's it's good. Just a lot of, it just, just feels a lot of positivity. I guess the only, literally, I will say the only slight negative yesterday is I think that was probably Reese James's worst Chelsea game for a long yeah. time I can think of. That was literally yeah. the only, you know, obviously we're talking about positives and someone who you're hoping to see more from. I think Reese's levels have dipped a bit recently. Yeah. I don't think that's, you know, necessarily something to be really concerned about because I just think he was performing at such a ridiculously high level, getting goals and assists nearly every week. But at some point it was going to, like drop off a bit, but I do think you know we saw him overhitting crosses. You know, I thought at times he's just a bit sloppy on the ball, and I said for the goal it felt like a bit needless for him heading it. You know, didn't feel like he needed to be you know put his head on it when Villa went one up. So it's a tough one. He's maybe someone I've been slightly disappointed with in recent weeks, but it's for caveat of his. He's a really you know talented player. He will he'll be back, and I think he's also probably you know he's been playing a lot as well. He's not really had huge rest. Yeah. Maybe fatigue's catching up to him, but we'll have to see. But he's maybe one I've been slightly disappointed with. And I mean, you can maybe say Pulisic by caveat that with we're playing him in a position that doesn't get the best out of him. He's a square peg in a round hole up front, which doesn't help. Like it's genuinely like I don't really know what you can expect from him. You can maybe try and hope he'll be a bit more involved in the game, maybe a bit stronger at points. But there is only so much you can really do with him. Yes, so much like against Brentford, you're pinging balls into him and he's got Pontus Janssen behind him who's about six foot three. Yeah. Pretty strong player and he's just, yeah, like the law of physics, he's just not going to win it, is he? He's not going to hold it up. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. It's, it's a difficult one because I know a lot of the fans get really frustrated with him, but yeah, we're Playing in playing in positions that aren't aren't necessarily uh, or are foreign to him, not necessarily his his preferred position. So, yeah, almost it's a difficult one. Almost feels at times like sort of seeing as similar to what we saw maybe at points last season and yeah, the start of last season front when we had May sort of out wide, sort of yeah, and the four at the back and May sort of out wide, sort of maybe on that right side didn't really get the best out of him. That was frustrating mm-hmm. how effective he was. And he kind of felt like he was doing it for the team. And Pulisic has basically just playing, been playing up top for the benefit of the team. It's not worked. It really hasn't worked. He's been kind of doing a job. So while Pulisic has been frustrating, while he's had three Premier League starts in a row, and he's not really done a huge amount in them, and you would like to see him do more, I think what we can okay, take some comfort from was, I thought that second half right wing back, he was a lot more effective. He was a lot more involved in the game. So that's a positive. Obviously, we don't necessarily want to see him at right wing back, but... Yeah, stuff on Pulisic, who's been maybe a disappointment, you know, recently, but with a caveat of his, it's not been in his favourite position, in his position. I don't want to say set up to fail in, but he's not exactly set up to, to succeed in. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. But other than that, don't really say anyone, you know, hoping to see more from Reese. I think Reese's drop-off is the main one. And 
yeah, again, Alonso was meh yesterday. He was good against Brentford. I didn't mention it. I thought against Brentford, he had a very good game on that left-hand side. Uh, but against Villa yesterday, he was a bit meh. Had a few Alonso moments, as you do sometimes get with him, giving away stupid fouls, etc. But that's where you get with Marcus Alonso. You kind of know what you're going to get. There wasn't really anyone I could really, you know, say I'm expecting more from at the moment. It's just, yeah, we, yeah, it's fairly good. We don't, don't really have too many complaints given the um, given the situation we are in. But that will wrap it up for this week on that Chelsea podcast. Said I hope you had a very good Christmas. By the time this is out, England are likely three 0 down in the Ashes, so that's not so good. England, you know, one consistent thing has remained that England combat, and they are still able to really ruin my mood. So well done, lads. Uh, but yeah. Uh, wasn't gonna let another pod go by about getting that in, but yeah, it's been good fun. Uh, I say, I hope you all had a good Christmas. Hope you had a safe Christmas. Thanks again for all the support. You can follow us on Twitter at Chesspod and Instagram at Chesspod on all your usual podcast platform providers. Leave us a rating and a review where you can. It helps us go a long way when I tweet the pod out, like, retweet, share it around, play it from the car, play it to your nan, play it to whoever will listen to us. Because at the end of the day, we're just a couple of lads talking about Chelsea Football Club, and yeah. It's not been a bad week this week. Uh, hopefully, you know, next pod will be even better. We know we'll be in good moods. Hopefully, we've got two more wins. You know, we'll be, you know, right on City's tail, hopefully. Fingers crossed. So, uh, yeah, until the next episode, everybody keep the blue flag. Fly. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.